invite you to turn with us to the book of James, chapter 1. You're reading verse, beginning of verse 17. Think about last year and think about this year as we read the word. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Hath his own will begot he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not in the righteousness of God. Wherefore, put away all filthiness and overflowing of wickedness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like the man beholding his natural face in a mirror. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and immediately forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty, <clears throat> and continueth in it, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father, <coughs> excuse me, is this to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Brother Rusty, son, would you lead us in prayer, please? <coughs> you may be seated. I don't want to get away from this statement this year. Um, I've made mention of it before, but it's constantly on my mind. God's lineup. You might have heard me say earlier, um, I had the privilege of being the coach of little league boys when uh, Caleb and Josh were coming along. And every time before the ball game, uh, we gathered in the dugout, one of the main things was being asked was this, where am I in the lineup, coach? Where am I in the lineup? And I think about that. Where, where is God in my lineup? Christianity is more than accepting Christ. Christianity is more than water baptism. Christianity is more than attendance. Christianity is more than just reading our Bible. Christianity is living out. That which we know from the word of God and what God says to us and when the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Um, that, that is one of the main most things is, is a, to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. We don't have to understand it. I'll tell you, be the first to tell you, I don't always understand what he, exactly what he wants. So I constantly, Lord, what is it here? Well, why don't he make it easy? Well, if he made it easy, we wouldn't go seeking. The Bible says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. 
Call upon him while he is near. In other words, where's God in the lineup here? He needs to be the first thing, person, that is addressed every morning. Before we even get out of bed, this morning, I, I don't know what happens to my clock. It was an hour early. And I planned to get up at 6 o'clock. And then I told Lynn, I said, let me go to 6.30. Well, before 6.30 arrived, I rolled over and I looked at my clock and it was saying 7.15. I'm thinking, good night. Can't be. Still dark. Well, I looked over there at her clock and it said 6.15. What is wrong with this clock? Can it not stay right? What is wrong with it? And I think about this. I'm laying there. God might be saying, can you not stay right? Where am I in your lineup? He needs to be the first person that I addressed every day. He needs to be the first part of every day. He needs to be given the first day of every week. He needs to be given the first decision, a first consideration in every decision. And he needs to get a dime out of every one of my dollars. And I ain't done nothing when I do that. Where is God in the lineup? You need to think about it. I want you to think about it seriously. Where is God in my life? Because when I leave this world, it's going to be too late to try to find out where God is or where I am in his lineup. You see, he knows where I am in his lineup. Because my name is written in the book, okay? The devil can't change that. But where is he in my lineup here on earth as I try to live for him? Uh, you know, I think I, I, as I think about this and constantly thinking about every time I see it, to pray for Roger, that I need one over here that says, hey, I'm God. I'm the one that's keeping you going. I'm the one that lives within you. You are representing me. And what you do reflects who I am. As I said, Christianity is more than accepting Christ, being baptized, reading the word. It's when you and I meet out, out yonder where the battle is. Really, the battle's not in here other than maybe the devil's telling you right now, don't pay him any attention. You'll be out of here in a few minutes and you can go do what you want to do. You've done your due. Just come and you've done your due, so don't worry about what he's saying. Listen, if I come every day, I cannot repay what God's done for me through his son, Jesus Christ. I mean, it's just amazing me. When I think about the lineup, uh, the Bible gives us some specific instructions. And I, I hope that you've got your smartphone at least or your Bible open because we're going to look at these verses. And if I don't get finished with it, I'll quit and take up later. But I don't want to rush at this. I want us, first of all, as I think about God's lineup, I want us to think about the perfection. Verse 17 is, talks about the character of God. It says all good things come from God. All of it. Every good thing that I received in 18 came from God. I didn't produce it. 
And every good thing that's going to come in 19 is going to be from God. What about the bad things, preacher? Well, hey, bad things sometimes happens to us to get our attention, to find out just where is God in the lineup, okay? Is this thing too loud? I feel like I'm knocking the ears off. Okay. Maybe it's these things. But the character of God, all good things, comes from God. You know why? The Bible says because he's the father of lights. If you're looking at your scripture. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3 says, there, uh, let there, God said, let there be light, and there was light. That tells me he's in control, son. Hey. Now, you and I can go over here at these switches and cut everything off in here. And other than the sun coming through those beautiful stained glass windows, it's going to be pretty well dark. We have that control. God has the control of light also. A song, I don't know the title of it, but where were you when he hung the moon? I've enjoyed these clear nights, stars, where he hung the stars. And I mean, as far as you can look one way and as far as you can look around the other way, stars. And then to see that big old ball, and I'm thinking, I believe it before I tell you this, how in the world could we put a man in a, in a capsule and send him out, John, make a few revolutions around the earth and then dig off for that big old ball that's hanging out there Get to it, make a few revolutions there, disconnect with a man or two in it, and land on this thing, get out of the ship, wander around a little, get back in, blast off, and join this thing It's going around. And then to leave there and come back and land safe. Somebody said, they didn't do that a bit more than you did. I said, well, where'd they go? They went out in Arizona, out in the desert. <laughs> well, I believe, I believe it, okay? You don't have to believe it. My God is this powerful, okay? He is so powerful, he allowed his son to leave the portals of heaven and come to this earth and present to us a good thing, the light of the world. And don't say he can't do something. Listen, I'm this way. Don't tell me I can't do something. That's what got me in more trouble in school than anything. Don't tell me I can't do it. I'm going to slip. I'm going to try to do it. You know why? I wanted to see what the consequences was. Even after I knew what the consequences was going to be. <laughs> Here I go in the office again. Lord, have mercy on my principles. They done left this world now. They were good men. They were good men. They cared about me. Oh, me, it's you again. Yeah, that's, I'm here. <laughs> they never did call my daddy and say, you're going to have to do something about this boy. They took care of it when it happened, Okay. I don't have a mark on me anywhere, and I got blistered. I got tore up. 
I can take you to the spot where old Pierce Town School set, four-room schoolhouse. Miss Ossie made trip, had a paddle. It had to be that long. I didn't weigh 75 pounds probably. She could lift me off the floor. And then after the whipping in the cloakroom, she took me out in front of the class, stood me up and said, you tell them what you've done. Oh, I didn't like that. Of course, most of them knew anyway. And now I think about my classmates. Some of them's done gone on to be with the Lord, and I'm thinking, why? Why am I still here, Lord? Why, why don't I have a heart attack? Why don't I have a stroke? Why don't I have cancer? Where's God in my lineup? You mark it down. God loves us, and he is the father of lights and gives us all good gifts, and we need to recognize them. Not only the character of God, as we think of his, the perfection, but I want you to notice in verse 8, created by God, he gave us a new life through the truth of the word only because he wanted to. He didn't have to. But he wanted to, and that's what he did for us. Uh, we're the first children of, the, of his family. The first children of his We're the ones that can communicate back with him. It's amazing what he does. Second Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. I may look like I always look, because when I go, when I see my classmates of over 55 years now, they say, you won't change. Well, looks-wise, I may not change much, but, uh, you know, on the physical side, I know it and I feel it because I'm not put here to stay. I'm going to pass on because I'm created by God. He said, I'm not going to leave you and I'm not going to forsake you. I've gone to prepare you a place and I will come and get you and take you to where I am. You know, many of my family have, have died on and gone on. And those that I knew, know that was a Christian, I haven't lost them. I know where they are. People say, I'm sorry for your loss, okay? No, I haven't lost them. I, I mean, you can be sorry that they have God has taken them out of their suffering and on to heaven, but I know where they are, and my plan is to go where they are. And so we think about the, uh, his perfection, the character of God, and the, the created by God, uh, but also not only his perfection, uh, but we, we see the personality of God beginning in verse 19. Look at that. Who's speaking here? Every man should be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Psalm 100 and, uh, excuse me, Psalm 1914 says, let the words of my mouth. Man, if I could recall some of those words. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. My strength. Hey, I can exercise, I can jog, I can lift weights, I can do push-ups, I can do sit-ups, I can stretch. And it might help this old physical body. But the strength that I need to be all that he wants me to be on the spiritual side comes from him. Without him, I mean, I'm nothing, okay? We see the speaking there in 19, but I see the shame in verse 20. Look, a man's anger does not allow him to be right with God. 
What does the Bible say? Be angry and sin not. And that's tough. I mean, you know, we get, we get feisty. We get angry and we want to do something or we want to say something. And it creates an action a lot of times that we wish we hadn't have done. So when we get angry, the Bible says, and sin not. You've heard people and I've heard people say, are you going to take that? Yep, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. I'm going to take it. Because God's in the lineup. He's a coach. Reminds me, the coach said, boys, don't, don't do anything on the field to bring disgrace to the team. It was at Anderson University. Caleb struck out, which was very unusual. First thing he'd done, he turned around, he slung his helmet. I seen the coach. He set him down on the bench and took him out of the ball game for the rest of the game. It just got started. He was leadoff batter. He told him after the game, Caleb told me this. He said, Caleb, I hated to do that. But you know the rules. And if I let you by, you set the pace. And if I let you by, everybody else is going to get by. Where's God in your lineup of life? When we think of that shame, be angry and sin not. But in verse 21, we see a separation. Put aside all sin and things that do not please God. And then receive God's word which will save our souls. Hebrews 12, 1. Uh, Raven, I think you, you've got that, uh, maybe. Yes. Look what it says, y'all. Look at it. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed, circled about with so great a cloud of witnesses, people are watching us as Christians. Let us lay aside every weight, everything that gets in our way, and every sin which doth so easily cause us to trip, cause us to do things we shouldn't do, beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I can't run your race. You can't run mine. I don't want to run yours. I'm having enough trouble keeping up with my race that God has put me in. And I want to stay in that race. I want to run that race because I know, as Paul said, at the end there is a prize waiting on me. And I want to run that race the way it needs to be run. Psalm 119, 11. Thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against God. The word is a good thing. Have I hidden my heart? It is a good place to put it. That I might not sin against God is a good reason to put it there. And you know what? Nobody can take that word away from you, and nobody can take it away from me if it's planted deep in the valley and the roots of our very soul. His perfection, his personality, but his lineup also calls for practice. Practice, practice, practice. I'm tired of practicing. I'm ready for the game. But you got to practice. Notice what it says in verse 22. is a command here. Do not only hear God's word, but do it. Hey, go do it. Try it out, he's saying. 
Uh, if we do not practice his word, we deceive ourselves. We fool ourselves into thinking we are what we are not. 2 Timothy 2.15 tells us to study, uh, sh- study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It's important as we read the word to try to understand what God is saying to us. And it's not a time to close our Bible and walk away if we don't understand it. It's a time to reach and deep down deeper and dig and root and and use concordances, dictionaries, whatever it takes. And if God wants you to know, he'll reveal it to you. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, look what it says. This book. Of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Listen, church family, I love y'all. I want every one of you to prosper and be a good success, but I want you to make sure God's in the lineup. He needs to be the lead-off batter. Let him be the top. Let him be first. Not only a command in 22, verse 23 and 24, we see a comparison here. Uh, If a man hears God's word and, and does not obey it, he's like a man who walks in front of a mirror. I did that this morning. And I'm satisfied. I, as I look around, look like most of you did look in the mirror. It looks like some of us didn't do anything after we looked in the mirror. We were on a mission trip. I don't know where Mac might have been on this trip. Some of you, we went to South Dakota, North Dakota, wherever we went up there, and we worked in a church. We got up that morning, and, and, and husbands and wives that went on the trip were staying in, in Sunday school rooms. And Lynn was trying to get her hair fixed, and everybody was hustling, busting, breakfast was being cooked. Lynn walks out in the hall in her curlers like half up and half down. And Sammy Oates said, Lynn, did you fix your hair with firecrackers? <laughs> you don't mess with a lady's hair, okay? If it costs $100 for you to look like you look, go ahead and spend it. Hey, I didn't miss it far, dear. Ooh. I had mine all parted and fixed yesterday, ready to go into Earl's Grove to the funeral, and I got out of the car and went around to open the door for Lynn, and a gust of wind hit. And <laughs> I walked in the door, and I was hunting a mirror, and I got my comb out. I t- somebody said, what you doing? I said, I spent a fortune on this, trying to get it just right, and I want you to look what the wind's done. <laughs> a fortune? No. Not me. Uh-uh. What do you use on your hair to keep it like it is? I said, I use purple power. You get it as a Napa store. I said, you're kidding. I said, no. I just douse it on there. I said, it burns my ears till I get it rinsed off. But I said, it's doing wonders. And then I tell them I'm just joking. That power, purple power, powerful, don't use it. But he looks in the mirror. He sees himself and he walks away and don't even remember. Same way I read the word. Many times, listen, I read the word faithfully. And then come away and can't remember what I read. You know why? Because the devil has snatched it out. 
Because a lot of times, listen to me, a lot of times when I read, there's something else drilling up here that I need to be getting ready for or to do. And But my mind, I, I, mean, I mean, my eyes is reading the words. And then I come away. And I can't remember what I read. Verse 25 is completeness there. Look at here. There's steps. There are four steps in this verse. You look at the verse. I want to give you the steps. Look into the Word. You've got to have it open. If you look into the Word. Secondly, continue in the Word. Every day, read it. If it says do something, be a doer. Not, not, not a hearer only, he says, but a doer. And then last of all, that verse tells us that we'll be blessed of God. You see, his word will bring blessings. But if we're in the wrong, if God's not in the lineup, the word could bring a curse. To where we may find ourselves in a place that we don't really want to be. So when I think about God in the lineup, not only his perfection, his personality, his practice, but let me give you a last one right quick. We see the purity. Verse 26 talks about control. I want God to be in control, but so many times I bypass the controller. You don't have to raise your hand. You can just think about it yourself. Kevin's not here today, our highway patrol, but how many of us I've seen the roadblock way up yonder, knowing, hey, I have forgot my glasses. I have forgot my license. Ooh, my tags run out, and we see a side road, and we turn. Because we don't want to face the consequences. Where's God in that lineup? Some time ago, I ran a stop sign. Not flying through it, I pulled up, looked both ways, wasn't done coming, I eased right on out. It was dark. Boy, the whole sky lit, lit up with blue lights. Gosh, what's he want? <laughs> I pulled over. <clears throat> First thing I did, I put it in park, cut the switch off, and turned the dome light on and stuck both hands out the window. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> you know. He walked up, he said, Sir. You run a stop sign back there. I said, yes, sir, I know it. What'd you do that for? I said, well, I didn't see anything coming. He said, well, he said, we've had a lot of trouble with drugs on this road. He said, I was backed up in the woods over yonder. I said, well, do what you got to do. I'm guilty. So he came back, handed me the ticket. It was money. You know, consequences. Now think about that control. A lot of times the reason we get in trouble is because we don't want to allow those who are in control to control us. Right? Listen, God is in control and he wants to control us. It's like our little children when they're little. It's our responsibility to control them. Our little three-year-old granddaughter. We went over to stay three or four days last week, spent the night, and she lied to her mimi 
And so Lynn knew that it was a lie. So she just set the three-year-old down and talked to her about lying. And now, did you do that? Mm. This one in one ear and right out the other ear. You know what I thought about? Her parents did not teach her to lie. She was born that way. We were born in sin. And the only way out of that pattern is to accept Christ. The only way out of that pattern is for God to be at top of the lineup, the leadoff batter in everybody's life. And still, the best we can do, we're going to sin because the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God have mercy. I, I pray, Lord, have mercy upon my sorry soul. Paul said, the things that I know to do what I'm supposed to do, I don't do. And the things I know I shouldn't do, I wind up doing. I can, I can relate to that. You know, we know as adults, we know what's right and what's wrong. And I guess, like I was in school, well, I want to see what the consequences is here. I did not study. I did not do my lab work. I just had a good time in the class of biology in the 10th grade. I got my report card. I had an F in biology. Lord, a F. Man, that's failing. F, I've been here every day. What's wrong with him? I'm going to talk to him. After class, I went to him. He's a little short teacher just like me. Mr. Watkins, I never will forget. I don't worry if he's still living or not. Mr. Washington, you give me an F in biology. He said, yeah, can you, you ain't done nothing. I said, I've been here every day. Yeah, but you, didn't, you just goofed around. You, you, didn't, you didn't pass any of the tests. What do you expect? I said, a D. <laughs> really, literally. I said, a D. I just need a D. Now, Mr. Watkins, you know, if, if I don't pass this, I'm going to be in trouble next time. I realize it. I said, Mr. Watkins, what could I do? If you just tell, I'll do anything if you'll just give me a D. I don't remember what he told me to do. I don't have a clue, but he gave me a D. I don't remember what mom or daddy said because you had that, hey, that black magic pen. You had to cross that F out and put the D over here. I, think, I don't even remember what they said, if they said now, how many of you, don't dare raise your hand, how many of you have ever tried to change your grade before you get home way back yonder when the port cards was handed to you to you to carry home? Huh. How many of you, how many of you forged your mama or your daddy's name? It's okay. You don't have to admit it. God knows. <laughs> Lord, have mercy upon my sorry soul. It's control. It's control. Last of all there, verse 27, it talks about the care. First of all, there's the practical. What does it say do? Visit the orphans and the widows. Those whose husbands have gone on for whatever reason, died, divorced, whatever. They need to be looked after. They need to be taken care of. Our church, we need to take care of those elderly, ladies and gentlemen. 
Give them help. Not only the practical part here, but there's also a, a purity part here. Keep ourselves unspotted from the world. Um, Raven, did I give you 2 Corinthians 6, 17? Please, baby, put that up. Wherefore, okay, because of all we've looked at this morning, okay, all we've tried to say this morning, it says, wherefore come out from among them. Them is the lost crowd that's trying to drag down the Christian. Come out from among them and be ye separate. I won't call their name to be an embarrassment, but he said, hey, when me and my wife accepted the Lord and we started going to church and we started being active in God's house, we lost a lot of friends. We lost a lot of friends. Well, let me tell you something. You may have lost a lot of friends, but look what you gain. And by putting God in the lineup first, you may win some of those so-called friends that you have come out from among and be separated from saith the Lord. It's not what I say. God says, separate yourself. And then he says, do not touch anything that's unclean. And I'll receive you. I want you clean. I want you clean. I remember many times going to the table and mama would say, did you wash your hands? Or after a bath, did you wash behind your ears? Well, I can see my hands, Mama, but I can't see back here, so. But she could. She could. Reminds me, hey, I didn't, you know, chewing gum wasn't easy to come by uh, in the early 50s. For me, it wasn't. <laughs> if I had a piece, I'd chew it, chew it, chew it, chew it. Take gum out now, we're going to eat. Put that boy right there. Man, I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose that. You laugh it. I bet you some of you done it. Or you stuck it up under the table. Don't that just tear your nerves up? Ah. Listen, if you're done with it, put it in the wrapper. Take it home with you. Don't stick it under somebody's table. I don't mind you putting it behind your ear. <laughs> just don't stick it under the pew, okay? Where's God at in this lineup? I'm probably going to be saying this many more times, but I want him to be in my lineup. I want him to be first. Um, and that's not easy. You know, verse 19 said he gave me two ears and one mouth and one mind. Two ears, one mouth, and one mind. In verse 21, there's a word there, engrafted engrafted. I remember when Daddy went to Sears and Roebuck downtown Anderson and bought a weeping cherry tree. It was a cherry tree like from the roots up to here and they had took a uh, weeping willow tree and engrafted it into the top of this thing and we bought it. I can see it now in the front yard. I mean, hey, it was a weeping cherry tree. That because it had been engrafted, it had been joined together with something else. We need to be engrafted into the Word of God that so much that we become a part of it. That cherry at the bottom could have rejected that weeping willow tree, but it didn't. It accepted it. 
because it needed both. That weeping willow needed that cherry tree and its roots to bring the nourishment up so it could flourish and, and produce the leaves and do what it was supposed to do. God has provided us the word uh, in his Bible for us and we need to take it and we need to use it. And we need to be, let it be engrafted into us. In other words, implanted into our soul. And if you're lost today, you may not have understood anything I've said today, but I hope you'll understand this. If God's not in your lineup, then evidently you're lost. I didn't say first. I said if he's not in your lineup, you're probably lost without Jesus. So what do you need to do? In your own heart and mind, just say, Lord, forgive me of my sins and come into my heart and save my soul. And if you do that, then you need to come forward and tell me, hey, I've got saved a while ago. And then follow the Lord in baptism. It's a part of being engrafted together into the family of God. Because one day we're going to stand before God. He's going to pull out the score book. He's going to open it up. <clears throat> and you'll see then for sure. If you were in the lineup or not. But if you're not, it's going to be too late. You've heard this. Those boys have heard it many times. Did you make the cut? It's going to be too late when we stand before God. We need to check it out now. God needs to be there now. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch hearts, touch lives. Lord, I thank you for this word. Lord, I, I thank you that it has spoken to my heart. Lord, I want you to be in my lineup. I want you to be the lead-off batter. I want you to be at the center of all that's going on. And Lord, I realize, I know that the devil's real. And I have to deal with him every day I live. But Lord, I pray that you'd help me to concentrate on you. In Jesus' name, amen.